Welcome to Alphabet Flight, Cyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with the guests. We talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is a cool, badass lady that also was a bodyguard to Iron Man, who also was Tony Stark's bodyguard because he didn't have a public identity yet. Did you know that Iron Man was Tony Stark's bodyguard until he went public? Wait, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I did. I did yeah. know that. But yeah, that's what that's what's going on. So today we are talking about. Uh, oh, I'm oh, Mike. Yeah, you're by Mike. The way. Okay, cool. It's Mike. Hey, hey, Mike. Uh, we're talking about oh, Bethany Cape. Yeah. Okay. Do Do you want to guess what her real name is? Uh, what's the name that that you just Bethany said? Bethany Cape. Is her name Bethany Cape? Bethany Cape. I thought you said you asked me if I wanted to guess what her real name it's was. Bethany Cape. So what? I told you. So you told me her name, asked me if I wanted to guess what her name was. Well, sometimes it's not the same one, but I like asking anyway. <laughs> but yeah, she looks like a white lady. Yes, she does. That is a wild outfit. Not by usual Marvel standards. She is kind of wearing a polo and a skirt. That is a weird outfit. Yeah. It's like she's wearing a polo shirt over a Renfair dress. <laughs> you know, when I, the more, and it's also the color is pop. You know, the more I look at it, the yeah. weirder that outfit is. It's like somebody <laughs> f- somehow made a corset polo shirt. Yeah, I guess if you want to see this, like, actually kind of weird uh, outfit, go to Alphabet, at Alphabet Flight on Twitter and Instagram. So, um, so yeah, her occupation is bodyguard. Her identity is publicly known. She is a citizen U.S. with no criminal record, no other known aliases. Her place of birth is unrevealed, but presumably in the United States. Uh, her marital status okay. is widowed. Her known relative is Alexander Van Tilburg, husband, deceased, a.k.a. the widowed. Yep. First responsible... For her being widowed, which I feel would make me really mad at him. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, hey. You know what? If he'd had a gun, he probably wouldn't have gotten killed. You know, maybe that might actually come up. I don't know. <laughs> uh, she first appeared in Iron Man 117 in December 1980. Sorry, 19. 19- 78 the spy who killed me god okay i have a question for you but yeah so the cover is i think a pretty good cover again we've had three pretty good covers iron man is being hit by the very spectacular purple energy thing coming out of a nunchuck yep nunchucks being uh being swung around by spy master who hit Iron Man just in time to make his repulsor beam hit a brick wall instead of him. It's a very dynamic pose. And of course it's That's some good shoot. And of course it's going to be a pretty good one because it's John Romita Jr. cover. 
Yeah, it's a pretty good cover. So, that being said, let's talk about Bettany Cabe. So, years ago, Bettany Cabe married Alexander Van Tilburg shortly after West Germany, shortly after the West Germany government named him as its junior ambassador to the United States. She had no career of her own during uh, her marriage. Benny Cabe came to believe that Van uh, Tilburg cared more about his career than her, and that he regarded her as a decorative prop for impressing his diplomatic colleagues. Worse, Van Tilburg became dependent on pills and only became angry when Bettany tried to discuss the situation with him. He, sh- he should have done something else, like heroin. You know, he can't be angry at heroin. Yeah, I mean, I understand her frustration. You can't shoot addiction. Yeah, you can't shoot addiction. It's, uh, well, technically you can, because that's what cops like to do. <laughs> there you go. Well, I feel like they shoot people with addiction. Well, I mean, you, but tech, you know what technically you can't shoot the abstract con concept of addiction yeah but you can't shoot someone with the abstract concept of addiction yeah but that's shooting you've already just proved my point by having to phrase it that way and guess what it turns out that uh language is an abstract uh construct that we just you know believe in all words are made up but i'm still right you know all words are made up and your words are wrong it's just gibberish to me. I mean, I can't work like this. I'll be in my trailer. So, um, believing that he was destroying himself, Bettany left Van Tilburg a month later. Van Tilburg had reported was reported to die in a car accident. Bettany came to feel guilty over his apparent death, thinking that it might have been due to his consumption of drugs, and that she might have been able to prevent his demise if only she remained with him. I feel like she might have been in an abusive relationship because that's what an abused person would say. Like, you know, like you're like if you can't if you can't help the person, you're you're not like you don't have to like, you know, it's not your job to. Which is a real good important thing to learn. My bet is that she secretly shot him. When she learned of her husband's apparent death, Bentney uh, Cabe vowed that she would never be dependent on anyone again, either emotionally, financially, or physically. She studied the... I'll only depend on my gun. She studied with various police officers and street fighters on the America's East Coast and eventually became one of the world's most respected and highly paid bodyguards for diplomats, members of royalty, and socialites. She and her best friend, Ling McPherson, another bodyguard, had their own firm, Cabe and McPherson, security specialists. I wish she studied the blade. I mean, if she said the blade, it would have been better. <laughs> I mean. Guns are cool, but the, uh, swords, I mean. Swords get the ladies. But yeah, she first met Antonio Stark. Um, the millionaire. Mm, oh, wow, that's low. That's real low nowadays. Um, inventor who secretly was the original Iron Man at a reception at a Carnelian embassy in New York City. Cabe and Stark became romantically involved with each other. 
Hey, 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 what about the whole thing about being emotionally dependent on someone? I feel like being romantic with someone makes makes you at least slightly dependent <clears throat> on them. It was she never loved him. Though. Okay. But then the physically, like, I mean, we all know he you know all know he boned real good. Yeah. So, you know. I mean, that's the one thing a gun can't can't and should never do for you. <laughs> I mean, if you're clever enough. I also like to live dangerously. When Stark first began drinking heavily, Cape thought he was destroying himself as her husband had, but unlike Van Tilburg, Stark asked for Cabe's help with overcoming his alcoholism, and with her aid, he succeeded. At first, Cabe resented Iron Man. Oh, with her Cabe aid? Yep. Yep, yep, that's it. the, uh, at first, Cabe resented Iron Man, thinking that he was not a good enough bodyguard for Stark. But at some point, she realized Iron Man was actually uh, Tony himself, and her suspicions were subsequently confirmed when the criminal Madame Mask, a.k.a., and uh, told her of Stark's uh, dual identity. So basically, Madame Mask said, like, yo, that dude, he's also in that suit. Shortly afterwards, Cabe learned that her husband was still alive and being held prisoner in an East Germany security complex. Cabe went to East Germany and allowed herself to be arrested for espionage. There, as part of her plan to break Van Tilburg out of captivity. As she planned, she was sent to the same security complex where her husband was being held. Officials uh, were... Officials there were attempting to force him to reveal the secret information to him. Unaware of Cabe's plan, Stark infiltrated the complex, hoping to rescue her. When both Cabe and Stark were in danger of being caught, Cabe told Stark she knew he was Iron Man and told him that he had to don his armor to save them. As Iron Man, Stark did his Iron Man thing and got everyone to safety. Who included her husband. Um, and her husband was actually gone into like a coma-like state in captivity. And Cabe decided to remain with him. However, as time passed, Van Tilburg went back to his dependence on drugs, lost his ambassadorship, and watched his career fall into ruins. He refused to accept Bettany's help. She sought out Stark, hoping that he could help her deal with uh, Van Tilburg. But she was then abducted by men working for Stark's enemy, Obadiah Stane, who was in league with Madame Mask. Stane had the scientist, Dr. Theron Atlanta, exchange the mind of Cabe and Madame Mask. Then, then Madame Mask and Cabe's body attempted to assassinate Stark, Cabe and Madame Mask's body thwarted the attempt, and Stark used Dr. Atlanta's mind exchange machine to restore the psyches of Cabe and Madame Mask to their rightful bodies. Cabe had again fallen in love with Stark, but felt obligated to return to her husband once more. However, back in Germany, she decided that her husband's situation was hopeless and that he, he did not want her help. 
you could have got that the first time. Yeah, good lord. She decided to divorce Van Tilburg, however, he was murdered by drug dealers who Cabe later arrest, had arrested by police. Wow, cool. Yep. She does a lot of exercise. She's 5'7", weighs 250, not 250, 225. Green eyes, red hair. And um, she's good at shooting guns. Mm-hmm. That's it. We're done forever. Forever? Yep, forever, ever. That's the end of the podcast? Yep. Uh, that that broke me. That's wild, because I've heard, heard you talk about some way worse people. Yep. No, but she's the lady with the gun. Yep. yep. I mean, you've pretty much peaked. That's it. You're not going to talk about anybody cooler than this, than her. I, I, I mean, know. I'm, I'm sad to say that uh, I don't think I can do anything better. I know I still haven't talked about Swarm, you know, the, the Nazi well, made of Nazi bees, but I, I picked. It was an honor being on this last episode, canonically, the final episode of Alphabet <laughs> yep. Flight. Bringing the flight in for a landing, finally, after all these years. <laughs> yep. Even though I already promised I was going to do the 2010 version, which has over 17,000, uh, 1,700 characters. Uh, you shouldn't have promised well, no. that because now you're done yep. and it's time. Well, uh, do you want to, do you want to plug anything? Yeah, I have a couple podcasts. Uh, one is the equalizers where we take movies that never got sequels or prequels and we come up with ideas for them. Um, you can find us everywhere online by looking for the equalizers. We spell it. E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S, like in sequel. And then I also have another show uh, called A Study in Granada, where we watch the 1980s uh, Adventures of Sherlock Holmes starring Jeremy Brett, and we talk about the episodes, we read the stories. It's a good time. Um, as you're hearing this, Jesse's episode should be coming up, The Man with the Twisted Lip. Uh, you can find us pretty much everywhere online by searching A Study in Granada. Um, I decided that uh, I don't feel like doing plugs this episode, so go in the description. Just going to go shoot some guns. Yep, just going to shoot some guns. Yep. I just love selling guns. Yep. So, um, this has been Alphabet Flight, and may Conjure protect you through all of your night travels. Good night.